Welcome to your weekly Social Jack Influence Factory. Introducing your coaches, Dean Delisle, Kate Hassett, and Jackson Delisle. Hey, hey, peeps. Hey. hey. How you doing? How's it going? Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. I can't see you guys. Yeah, me I either. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's get rocking on this thing. So, um, the uh, let's go. Yeah, it seems to be one of those things where the cloud is a little cloudy today. Um, so, just want to welcome everybody on to this week's episode of the Influence Factory. So, uh, just uh, <laughs> as soon as Kate and Jackson come on, we'll uh, we'll get them on as as well. So, uh, just wanted to. Um, uh, say that this is uh, Jackson. Which episode is this? We're like past fifty now, aren't we? Uh, no, not yet. This is uh, episode thirty-seven, but we're getting up there. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So, uh, with that being said, I uh, just want to welcome everybody, and uh, uh, this is uh, we're getting up there in terms of our number of episodes. So we have a real exciting guest today. We're going to be talking marketing shop. So that's super cool when we get to uh, talk marketing shop because uh, you get to learn and we get to learn um, all at the same time. So that means we're going to be talking about social media, video marketing. Uh, we'll also dive into a little bit about nonprofits, uh, manufacturing, some industries we haven't heard about. And as you always hear from us, that uh, it is important uh, for us to understand how other industries are benefiting from the use of influencer marketing, social media, video marketing, all the things we talk about. And so we want you to benefit from that. So we're real excited about this week's guest. Um, and then, Kate, if people want to join us on social, what's the best way to talk to us during, before, during, and after the show? So, of course, during the show, we'll be live tweeting it. Shout out to Jen, one of our awesome content writers. Um, follow us at Get Social Jack and follow the hashtag Influence Factory. And then, of course, we're on all other social media platforms at Social Jack, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, LinkedIn. So um, join in the conversations there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, uh, so that is uh, super exciting. So, um, with that being said, we have um, uh, we have some uh, a ton of events to go through. So, I uh, just want to welcome everybody real quick. I'm going to get through logistics quickly today. Um, so, in terms of your uh, go-to webinar uh, platform, however you're listening to us, uh, remember that you can download the mobile app, take us on the road. Uh, you can also, if you are having audio issues or Wi-Fi issues, which we all tend to have from time to time, I think the networks are getting so massive out there that um, it's just crazy how uh, how um, uh, just just how many times you're just you have a great connection, then all of a sudden it's gone. Kate, does that ever happen to you too? Yeah, I mean, I think I probably have the most technical issues of anyone on this bunch, um, but you can also call in, don't forget, and if you're listening or have this podcast going while you're driving, I hope that you are calling in, so. Yeah, but don't cover up your eyes. We tell you don't look at it, that means don't look down at your phone, so just right. you know, make sure you're just listening, so use those listening <laughs> skills. Influence uh, factory carefully, please, thank you. Yes, and so you just switch between computer uh, uh, audio and phone call, you'll get a nice little... Uh, access code and a number to call into and away you go. Um, yes, <laughs> Shirley, you're not terrible with tech. You're awesome with tech. Don't don't bash my Shirley. 
So uh, there you go. So uh, don't forget to engage and win. Shirley Miller is already playing along. We do give out Starbucks gift cards at the end to those that uh, engage with us the most on social media as well as in the chat area. So we always ask a question uh, in the chat area. And uh, so if you had ready for this, folks, so it's a social question. So be ready. There's a questions area in the GoToWebinar taskbar. Those of you that are on with us live can respond to this. If you had only one show to binge watch, what would it be? One show. Ready? Go, Kate. Gilmore Girls. Oh, that is my Lord absolute goodness. favorite. They are like so quick and witty. I've seen it probably eight times and I still catch new jokes when I go back and watch it. So uh, so those of you on with us today, type in your favorite show to binge watch. They're all coming in right now. Jackson, go. I think I know. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Right? <laughs> I was prepared. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know he was going to ask that. So Right. I know. So, uh. <laughs> So I would have to say uh, Jack Ryan's my new fave. It's it's short. It's to the oh, point. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things, and it's cool. So here we go. A bunch of them coming in. We have Shark Tank. Barry, I'm right there with you. I do like that. Debbie, I made some references earlier today about Seinfeld, so there you go. Uh, Jimmy Z, Cubby's in October. So he's, no way. So, That's so he's going to binge watch. watch. He's going to have to binge watch reruns. <laughs> um, Lee Jones says uh, Blacklist. I heard that's really good. Shirley's yeah. movies, movies, movies. Shirley, I'm right there with you. I can watch certain movies so over and over again. It sometimes makes people upset. Uh, oh, uh, Roger says replay of the Red Sox 2004 World Series. I actually have watched that a few times. Jen's with friends. Uh, oh, I haven't heard of this one. VJ says Rizzoli and Isles. Oh, yeah. Oh, Shirley watches Italian Job every time. Me too. I do like that movie. Uh, so Miriam That's says Frankie and Johnny. I haven't heard of that one. And uh, Roger, the Cubs just decided they're going to wait till next year. And so are the rest of us. Uh, and uh, Doug loves Ozark. Oh, so we have some good suggestions in here. Ozark so is good. Go. I just started that. Very good. Yeah. I've right. seen a couple of those. They're pretty pretty good. Yeah, fun stuff. All right, let's get into some uh, some uh, talking about fun stuff here. Let's get into our um, so social jack members. Remember, if you log in, Jackson and the team are uploading stuff every single day. So there's new classes uploaded. These episodes are in there along with show notes as well as downloads and links and all the news is in there. Uh, we have forms. So if uh, those of you that uh, do want to access marketing forms, uh, there's a whole library in there. So you have influencer forms. Kate did, at Social Media Strategy Summit did an influencer workshop that was brilliant. All those forms are in there. Uh, LinkedIn profile intake forms, you name it. Business keyword worksheets are all in there. So have at it. Do not forget to do that. Uh, so uh, and then also discount codes. So we're going to talk about that today as well. Uh, so upcoming events. So we have, uh, when is this one? Oh, October 11th, Thursday. That's next week already. How to convert LinkedIn yep. connections to new clients. We're going to show you some new techniques in this. LinkedIn has some new hidden features that uh, we're going to unveil uh, at that event. Blockchain Summit in Chicago. How many people follow blockchain? I'm just sort of curious about this. We this is this is sort of blockchain and AI seem to be like creeping into social media all of a sudden. So I just sort of curious. Um, this is another client of ours, but this is one of the biggest blockchain summits. And if you want to go to this and you want actually, yeah, Shirley's like, what the heck is blockchain? <laughs> um, it's a technology and infrastructure. So great job, yeah. Shirley. Uh, but if you, 
Yeah, so these tickets are a tiny bit pricey. So just because you know us, if you want tickets to blockchain, we can, we can connect you up and it's going to be streamed all over the world thanks to Jackson and his crew. So if you guys want tickets, you know who to contact. Say, I want blockchain tickets. So whether you want to, you're, want to go in Chicago to the live event or you want to come here, we do have some free tickets. So just say, get me blockchain tickets. So, and uh, we'll get a hold of you. So just type that into the questions bar there. Okay. Uh, yes, next Thursday's class will be uh, recorded. Thanks, Miriam. Good to see you on. Uh, all right, so let's talk about the big workshop. This is our last big workshop of the year. Those of you that have been with us know that we have the uh, How to Be a Business Influencer, and we specialize it around uh, LinkedIn. So uh, we're going to show you a ton of new features. Uh, we're also going to help you grow your network. So this is going to be a unique class where we don't just help you tell your story, but we're going to help you build your network. Um, we're also going to introduce you to other people in the workshop. So there will be a referral exchange that we're going to take everybody through where you uh, build a team, uh, you build an influence team, and you will connect to other influencers, and uh, you'll generate referrals right inside there. And then afterwards, Jackson and Kate's favorite part, we have Lou Malnati's pizza for dinner coming in, and we have plenty of wine and beer so you can socialize with each other. So one to five is the actual workshop. And from five to seven, and Kate, have we ever stopped at seven? I just laugh when I see 7 p.m. on there. No, definitely not. In true social jack fashion, the networking is bound to be fun. So make sure you show up. Yeah, so if you want- and business cards, business cards. Yes, and so I'm giving an extra $100 off before the before the end of the week. Uh, you guys have seen the, uh, so you go, Jackson, what's the URL? Oh, socialjackinfluencer.com. If you type into the promo code DEANS, D-E-A-N-S-V-I-P, you will absolutely get an extra $100 off of the early bird. So that's just today. So just uh, whoever's listening can hear this. You guys get it. Nobody else does. You'll get access to this particular class. Um, all right. Social Jack, it's all about right, Jackson. Exactly. All right. All right. Uh, all right, Jim, we'll get you the event. Don't worry, buddy. Uh, okay, so here we go. Uh, we've got some news. So, Kate, uh, I was looking at this news. I know you and Jackson cover this news, but um, I was looking at 12 tips on how to work with social platform algorithms to maximize performance. And before you cover this, I know, Joe, we have an algorithm meeting, like it feels like every week. Mm -hmm. So um, so who's covering this? Because I want to sort of know the new stuff and uh, take about a, a minute and a half on this, and then we'll cover the other story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm covering it. So as you know, they've been doing a lot of changes to the algorithm in Facebook and what they're what they're telling us as much as the marketers are saying that they want us to pay to post ads. What they're telling us is that they're trying to post more um, engaging content, more meaningful conversations on Facebook. And that's the way they're filtering it. So there's 12 really good tips to making sure you can get around the algorithms. But I think if you just keep that in your head, it kind of walks you through all of the tips and it makes it make more sense. The point is to in, you know, bring people into conversations, to bring the social back into social media and that's how you can get around the algorithm. So making content that sparks engagement, that asks questions, that makes people think, um, 
you know, Facebook said that all the algorithm updates are making it difficult for marketers and businesses to reach their audiences. So one thing we found very successful that they mentioned in this article is employees becoming influencers for their brand. Yes. So, so you know, Social Jack posts about the workshop, but then Jackson goes in and posts about the workshop, and I go in and post about the workshop, and Dean goes in and posts about the workshop, and so people associate us with social media, with Social Jack, and that kind of gets around the algorithm. So that's a really good one also to keep in mind. Yeah, and super quick on that. So not just post about the workshop, but have a conversation about the workshop. So they're actually detecting if uh, when I was reading into this, that they consider um, conversational speak over promoted speak. They're actually looking at that algorithm as well. And Kate, we've been we've been teaching and preaching this. So for our coaching clients, uh, they have a minimum number of posts and engagements and we tell people don't just go into social media and like a bunch of stuff and leave like you're punching a clock because we call that a likeaholic in mm -hmm. our world so we don't want you to be a likeaholic we want you to be an engageaholic so we want you to go in and and just have discussions and meaningful conversations and and spend a little more time and so in our workshop we're actually going to help you build a team that will help you respond and play together on there. But do you notice how they uh, talk about, like uh, we have for almost a decade here of talking about uh, shares and, and active engagements. Mm -hmm. And so I'm excited to see that they're actually gonna reward us for that finally, so. Right, absolutely. Facebook is just really wanting to show people the content that you're putting out that they deem relevant and that will take priority in the feeds. So the more that your posts spark engagement, conversation, inspire discussion, the more likely that they will be to be seen. So just keep that in mind when you're posting. We definitely want to add to the conversation and not just likeaholic it, like how Dean said. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And Miriam, uh, we'll try to uh, look up some additional news on that. I do have an opinion on that. We just can't cover it today, but she wants to go into the hacking of Facebook, which I think is a valid point. So we'll take a note of that and and bring you. So actually, I think have a guest on cybersecurity coming up too at some point. So, um, so here we have the fake the Facebook likes still matter. Speaking of. <laughs> Jackson, yes, unfortunately, so, you have 60 seconds because we're running a little over. Yeah, I know. So Facebook page likes, do they still matter? So this is a, you know, a, a, a question I get a lot. Uh, if you think back to when Facebook pages, you know, first started, first began, the goal was to get as many likes as you could on your page. That was what you were going for. But now, uh, you know, fast forward X amount of years, and there is all the metrics have changed uh, in terms of relevance to what we do now. You know, marketing has changed, especially in the social media space uh, due to the Facebook's new uh, algorithm, which we've been talking about a lot recently. Uh, so that change has caused us to not be able to focus so much on the Facebook likes, but honestly, uh, a study was done that you know only one percent of users actually visit uh, a brand's Facebook page. Right. Uh, so the majority of the users, and actually all the users, spend the majority of their time on their newsfeed. Mm -hmm. So this article really, th this article equates you know be banking on page likes as uh, they equate it to being obsessed with a car that can't get you anywhere. And I liked that you know. I, analogy. I thought that was really good because those aren't going to turn into, uh, you know, sales. Those aren't going to, that's not going to boost revenue or your Facebook likes. 
because of the fact that, you know, not many people are going in there. You have to, like Kate said, be posting the content that is going to spark engagement. That's what they're basing it on. Relevance, import, um, and uh, meaningful. It has to be meaningful content that's going to spark engagement in tons of ways. And we'll post these articles uh, in the Resource Center on Social Jack, so you guys can check it out afterwards. So I know we're... He's trying to push me along right now. So. <laughs> yeah, it's your job to push us along. Isn't that funny? I know. We, see, that's social teaming, folks. So there you go. So real quick, as I go into today's 60-second lesson, we get our guest on. So real quick, I see a lot of new people in today. So we're going to ask the magic question, are you a business influencer? Ready? Just click on the blue screen. Uh, if you don't see it, click on the flower and uh, get those responses in quickly. Uh, Jackson, we'll have some extra prizes today to give out too. Uh, so super quick, the, the lesson is in uh, something called SCAGging, which uh, stands for a scan. So the S is scan. That means go to a LinkedIn profile scan. Make sure you connect and engage with that person. That's the C. But what we don't want to forget is that when we take the time to engage and have a conversation, don't forget to ask. Either ask for the meeting, ask for the referral. Um, and so you want to actively be present with that person, but then also, you know, make sure that you ask for what you want, you know, so make sure you look out for yourself and do that once you establish rapport and relationship. And then the G means get. Make sure you get what you ask for. So anyway, if you want a, a skagging uh, episode review, just go into Social Jack, log in and uh, take that lesson. So um, uh, here we go. All right, Kate, are you ready? Where'd Kate go? I think I lost Kate. All right. Welcome back, Kate. <laughs> All right. So today's uh, guest, uh, we met uh, through Social Media Strategy Summit. Uh, oh, my gosh. I think it was. I don't even know when it was. I know it was years ago. And uh, she was uh, one out of 30 people brought uh, in by NASA in 2018 to cover the state of NASA uh, address on social media. She won Women Business Owner of the Year in 2018, loves all things comic book related, so you know why we love her. Uh, mother of three girls, uh, all two years apart, uh, lives in a population in Ohio of 30,000 people and hosts a Social Media Week conference in Lima, Ohio. It draws over 250 people. Welcome, Jessica. Hey, thanks for having me. I know, I know, I know. Man, and that's what I was trying to think. Like, we've known each other. I don't even know how long. It feels like years. Three, uh, three years? Yeah, yeah, three years. It's got to be at least yeah. three years. <clears throat> I know, and I heard you uh, speak, and I was like, wow. And so uh, people are already commenting Batman rocks, and, you know, so we have DC <laughs> yes. and Marvel up on the screen. <laughs> so I knew uh, I was amongst people that I, I liked. And could vibe yeah, with you know, we're, we were talking yeah. about. We're into uh, superheroes for sure. So, um, so who's your favorite? Favorites? Oh maybe? man, it's like picking your favorite child. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I like I said, I love X Men. Um, I really love Doctor Strange, um, but I, I really like them all. I don't know. It just depends on the, which one's new out, and I'm you know get all into that character and, and watching it, and then geek out when I take my girls to the comic book store here locally and. We relive it all over again. So that's funny. Let's have our guests weigh in. What are, who's your favorite superhero? So uh, it doesn't have to be somebody with a cape and a mask. So it could be your favorite yeah. superhero. So uh, and it's interesting. It feels like I feel like a child all over again. I think it's my way to escape 
into my childhood. You know, I say uh, little Dean goes to the theater and watches, you know, the Avengers or whatever it is. You know, so. <laughs> I would like to have Doctor Strange's abilities, though, oh, that or crazy. Mystique. Like, but I really like Doctor Strange, like what he has going on. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And we've <laughs> uh, we've talked about it on this show. I am so into time travel, but we can't even start mm -hmm. that conversation. So that's why Doctor <laughs> Strange fascinates me. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so tell us a little bit about the NASA thing. So was this like, yeah. um, yeah. So did this just like come out of nowhere or was it how you were connected or curious about that? So a little bit of both. So being in the, the sci-fi realm that I love, I also love all things NASA and geek out on their social and what they do and how much access that they're giving us to what's going on at their headquarters. Mm -hmm. So they put out a post and they were like, hey, we're doing this data NASA address. If um, you know, you can apply to be one of the people that we pick. And they're like, it's like, they said there's 30 people. I'm like, there's no way I'm getting in there, but why not? I'm gonna apply anyway. And um, lo and behold, I think around all population of Lima, 30,000, when I got the email that I was invited to go to Huntsville, Alabama, they all heard me scream and yell, like geeking out about NASA. Um, <laughs> so they flew 30 people in and um, uh. it was just people that were, you know, passionate about what they were doing and they had their state of NASA address. And then you got to tour their facilities there um, to see kind of the behind the scenes of what goes on at the plant. And I really liked it because the plant I got to go to was the, the manufacturing center. Uh -huh. Like each NASA location does something a little bit different. And this one was more like their payload um, centers where they're sending out like the satellites and things like that. So not only did we get to hear the address and be right there, then we got to tour and meet some of the people, some the brains behind it um, and then share our experiences on social media, which is brilliant for them to get oh, engagement and build relationships with their community. So super fun time, definitely top 10 most cherished memories <laughs> of my adulthood yeah. for sure. <laughs> Very cool. I'm interested, what is their, what are their rules about what they post on social? Because after I saw mm -hmm. this, I went and followed them and they do mm -hmm. share a lot of stuff. Do they have a lot of, you'd think mm -hmm. like they're a government agency, so you'd think they'd have rules yeah. on what they're allowed to share, but they're very open. Yeah, they're very open. I mean, um, they showed a lot of their process and what mm -hmm. they are working on and not necessarily like you know, launch codes or anything uh, like that <laughs> uh, behind the scenes. But really, we, I mean, we we got full access. And yeah. not only did they have it um, where, you know, they have SpaceX um, partnerships that are going on as well, where they're trying to become more open and get a, a, a wider understanding of what's going on there because they need buy-in and support from communities that want to see more investment and more um, dollars spent toward their initiatives. So um, I mean, from what I could see, they were very willing to open the doors yeah. to anything that we wanted to see. They showed us how things worked. They answered all of our questions um, and they gave us full access for the day. So, I mean, we did have to, you know, get clearance, of course, when we, when we went there. So they did some background checks and did their homework and all that. Um, but other than that, they were, they were pretty open. Yeah. yeah, that's that's cool. And I think about the fact of how that um, how that really plays out. I mean, as you were talking, I'm like, well, that's that's a, they're running a campaign, aren't they? They're running yeah. a campaign. So super smart. Yeah. Yes. They get other people to market for you. I mean, and, right. and building relationships and who else is going to want to do that more effectively than somebody that you just 
are treating like a VIP and saying, hey, we're giving you access, you don't have to say anything else. I mean, they're taking it and running with it and, uh, you know, sharing your content and going to continue to be a fan for life. So brilliant on their part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm noticing. I don't know if it's if it's maybe just my uh, and I'm I'm I love it too. I'm always been connected to space, and mm-hmm. I have a bunch of apps where I can look at the sky and all that cool stuff. Skyview is a cool app, by the way. Um, and so, um, if uh, if uh, you know, in terms of, the, I'm, I'm noticing more movies about the space programs. Is that me, or is that like? Do you guys notice that too? I just saw a couple more yeah. coming up. Yeah, no, I see it all the time. And by the way, I was going to show you, my team got me a moon um, for Christmas because of a space. So it plugs in the computer and then it will light up like the moon. So yeah, Come I'm on. right there with you nerding out with this stuff. <laughs> I'm showing my true colors here. I was going to say, do you have stars on the ceiling too? Like when I, you know, Not in my office yet, but that's a good idea. Yeah. I no. remember, I think it was uh, Jackson or Sydney's room. We had like the glow in the dark stars so that when uh-huh. you turn the light off, it was like. You oh yeah. See. As a kid, that was all the rage. Yeah. Now I'm missing those. I'm going to check that out on Amazon later. <laughs> oh, man. So um, so real quick, when I saw you speak, you're a fabulous speaker, by the way. You should oh, be speaking even more, but I know you, you want to stay close to home sometimes. But um, so in that, um, you know, you didn't start off on stage. You didn't start off being well-known. You didn't start off running a social media conference. So can you give us a sense of the journey a little bit about how you went from starting out and then all of a sudden, you know, sort of you felt the catch of being an influencer. Cause I think that helps inspire the rest of us as well. Yeah, sure. I don't think so. Rewind. I started working in telecommunications because of the nerd thing, right? (laughs) Like I've always loved technology. Um, And so I worked for Verizon for uh, five years and then was recruited by a competitor to work with mom and pop shops to help them market their products um, and our products in their stores and try to compete against the big box stores. That's where I found my love, not only for technology, but for working with small businesses and really helping to understand why somebody's going to come into their store over, you know, going to a big box store. And I found out that it was because the people that were coming in there, they had a relationship, they had a relatability with the people that they were doing business with. And not only would they come in and continue to keep that loyalty um, with the brand that they were going in, but they would refer others and insist others went there. So found my love um, for working with small businesses, thought I had my job for life, um, ended up getting pregnant and getting really sick and got fired um, because they couldn't cover my territory. I realized that's completely illegal, but devastating at the moment, but best thing that could have ever happened to me because as I was sitting there, I'm thinking, oh my God, like how can I never be put in this situation again, right? And what do I love doing? And it was kind of like that shift moment, which I think all of us, when we are on the midst of doing something great, we have that shift, that moment of clarity where we're like, this is it, this is the pivot moment. Um, And so I, at the time I was helping small businesses and that was when social media was just coming around. And I was like, look, you don't have a marketing budget, but we got time (laughs) and we can replicate your in-person experience and bring it online and we can, you know, get this set up. So I was already helping the small businesses do that. So I was like, you know what, I can continue to do this um, and just do it on my own. So um, that's when Now Marketing Group was born. And I knew that it was just starting out with me and I was going from like a six figure income to paying to work (laughs) to start a business, (laughs) which is always makes sense to the family members that you tell it to. Um, And so (laughs) I was like, how can I now market for myself with no marketing budget? And I 
had a love for teaching at the time. So I started hosting workshops here in my community and just teaching people how to do social media and didn't charge um, because I realized if I could get them to come to me and they found value in what I was saying, then I would hopefully, you know, retain some clients out of it because they weren't hiring me because they couldn't Google how to do the thing. It was right. because they didn't have time or or access or, or know-how or the want, right? So um, through those trainings, I would secure a client, then they would do the same thing, word of mouth, refer others to me, and I continue to host these trainings. So from there, um, ended up working with some um, well-known, um, more well-known clients in the area, which grew from there. Um, and then drinking our own Kool-Aid, putting uh, our trainings then online and realizing when this beautiful thing of live video came out, they made it a lot easier <laughs> to do right. trainings uh, to a wider group. Did the same thing online and continued to just give free access to as much information as I can. Um, and then, you know, got asked to speak at Social Media Marketing World and a few other events. And then it's just really been the word of mouth from there. So I don't know necessarily that I've feel like I've caught the influencer buzz, but I do feel like everyone is an influencer in their own right mm -hmm. if they have the ability to relate to someone and be able to add value. So I think all of us are an influencer to at least a few people. Um, and I've, I feel like recently, because I've been preaching relationship marketing, that's kind of my jam, yes. that um, more people are catching on that, that it is the bare bones basics of what you need to do in business. And even though it feels like a long-term game, which it is, it is the only sustainable one that's going to continue to produce a solid ROI because loyalty is the name of the game and attention. And you have to be focused on build, building real, real relationships, just like what you were saying with the Facebook algorithm. There's no cheats. You know, you have nope. to focus on building genuine <clears throat> relationships and caring in order to retain and keep your clients. Yeah, and I so love that you say that. <clears throat> so one of the things, so I had a question that, a polling question that I put up, said, are, are you a business influencer? And 67% of the people said yes, 13% said no, and 20% said not sure. And we have a lot of new people listening in with us. And so our number one lesson as we start people out is that you you are an influencer. If you influence other people's decisions, whether it's public or it's one-to-one, -one, you're influencing people to um, to help them to be better. And and you know you're you're ex you're exercising thought leadership. So um, while I can't reshoot the poll, I just want everybody on to hear what Jessica said. Is that you said everybody's an influencer in their own way, in their own right. And 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 once you claim that, I think that's when it catches fire. You know, so, and that's what you did. You know, that's what I heard you say. So, absolutely, 100% agree. Yeah. And I love, uh, you know, you know, the education is near and dear to our hearts. So, we've built a mm -hmm. whole platform on that. So, that's another <laughs> yes. reason. I think those are a couple things besides the superheroes, why we're so attracted uh, to you and, uh, and the things that you do in the world. So, let's, um, let's switch a little bit. Uh, we have some nonprofit folks listening in and, uh, um, you know, there, there's questions starting to come in. So um, I know you, uh, when we talked earlier, you have a couple of interesting niches, one nonprofit, one manufacturing. And we always talk to mm -hmm. people and say, remember, don't just, you know, think about that because you're in retail or because you're an accounting firm that you should just do social media like other accounting firms, yeah. that we should learn from all social media and all things. Mm -hmm. So when you're starting out with a client, you know, what are some of the things that you see that are classic um maybe mistakes that they're making or things that need to be attended to right away? 
Yeah, good question. So we really start out with discovery, a discovery process to really understand who they are at their core and what's what people should know about them. Because if in order for somebody to refer you on or give you word of mouth, um, you know, attention, they have to understand who you are, what you do, and in a way that they can articulate that to someone else. So we try to see if the brand first can identify what really makes them unique and if they truly understand who they're trying to build relationships with. We call them buyer personas, some people call them avatars, all of that. Um, and it's surprising that sometimes that when people are starting out on social, they don't necessarily really think about who they're trying to have a conversation with on the other end of the screen. It's, you know, putting a message and talking at someone. Um, and, and a lot of it's because we put the word marketing behind yeah. the word social, right? Um, and so you think of it as tr other traditional marketing where it is very much one way speak and all what we, I like to call the bullhorn approach. Um, and instead of thinking like a magnet, right? So how can you draw the right people into you and you, you know, attract the right audience in, in a way that's going to get them to stick to you? So how can you paint a picture of who it is that you are at your core, making your brand, no matter what industry you're in, your product. If you thought of, I'm trying to sell my brand like I am a product, what should people know about our brand and how could they relate to us and what kind of audience and what kind of people do I want to work with, want to support us, um, want to align with, that makes the most sense where people can get an understanding of who we are at our core. And then how do I paint conversations and put conversations out there that's gonna help me build a deeper relationship with my audience and them to understand who we are at our core a lot more. So I feel like the, the first step is just really taking a pause and understanding who you are, who you're trying to talk with, um, have a conversation with, build a relationship with, and what do you want them to do? Um, having that, that action step, not just set up on Facebook and all these other shiny platforms because you you're told that you need to be there, but what is your end game? Like, what are you trying to accomplish by being there? Um, those are the top three, I would say, mistakes I see. Yeah, that's um, that's interesting. And Kate, that's a, that's a lot what we see too in terms of um, people um, just just don't feel like they're. And you know what's you know what I find fascinating about this um, is that people seem like they can have a conversation like we're having right mm -hmm. now or in person or networking. And I had a whole group that I was talking to last night and I said this and, and I said, so you guys are the ultimate networkers, but I said, you forget about that social media is nothing more than a networking event and we should just be having conversations and, and why don't we make this easier? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So and, true and, and access, you know, to things like, sharing things that people other people would want to care stop their finger from scrolling and actually care about and and giving people access and not being so polished and guarded and you know not to say you can't still have that professional image but you know giving access to things sharing stories of of real people that you're helping especially in like the nonprofit space we work a, with a lot of developmental disabilities locations and they're trying to talk about all the things that they do or maybe some um, resources to help individuals which which is great but the magic happened when we stopped kind of sharing it from that point of view and shared yeah. the stories of the real people that they were helping from the pers you know perspective of the SSAs that were there, sharing real stories of real people doing real things and the real impacts that it had from that. That's what people can connect with and, and really feel something uh, to where they want to get involved. 
Right. And just to piggyback off that, I think what we see a lot with our clients and even, you know, friends and colleagues and, and family that I talk to is that people are just scared. It's like social yes. media came yeah. and it blew up and it became this big thing and it immediately became you're good at it or you're not. And the people mm -hmm. who deemed themselves not good at it just got so scared to jump in. And, and I've had people ask me, well, you know, like, aren't you scared? Because what's on the Internet is there forever and they don't want to mm -hmm. seem dumb or say something stupid or, you know, that they can't retract. Well, first of all, there's an edit button, so you can. Um, but second of all, I mean, it's it's a learning curve. It's jumping which, in. Which more people should use, by the way. <laughs> and Twitter's right. docked. Please, Twitter. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's an annoying thing, but it's, you know, and, and that's the thing that we deal with with a lot with our clients and trying to like empower them. And we also have a very teaching mindset where we're trying to teach them best yeah. practices so they don't have to worry about, Oh, this was dumb and we had yeah. to back up. And so I know you said that you work with um, somewhat niche clientele as well. You're in the manufacturing um, uh, industry. So do you find that happening a lot? Do you find that they're kind of scared to jump in and how do you kind of work around their fears? Yeah, great question. And I also just to say, you guys do a fantastic job with training and this is, that's great that this is a resource out there because you are absolutely right. People are scared not only just to come off as not prepared. They feel like they have to have everything kind of polished in this perfect plan before they get started, not realizing that conversations are already happening, whether they're a part of it or not. And it's just right. time for them to get the a part of the conversation but um that in reviews i think i'm very scared of reviews like what if somebody says something bad um what happens if they say something bad now you know is what we say like you're going to respond now you're at least able to do it publicly so people can see how you respond to situations like that and that can actually really help you because eight out of ten people check out reviews before they're going to a brand so you want to have them there and good bad and different um so you can highlight who you are um but definitely they're scared because of not knowing what to say they're afraid that they, it has to be like a marketing message versus just saying what's happening on the day to day and giving people access to who you are. They're afraid of the comments or potential backlash if somebody does leave something negative, um, which we don't really see that often. Um, mm -hmm. But when we have when we do get it, it's actually we take it as a good thing. It's constructive feedback. Um, and the other thing that they're really scared about is just not having control. Like, I feel like everybody has had this false uh, concept that you have control over your brand messaging when now reality is your brand is owned by the public's opinion and what people are saying about it. And now you're just joining in on the conversation. I love the quote. They say, you know, your brand is what people say about you when, when you leave the room. And now it's, you know, what they're saying about you online. Um, <laughs> you looking, right. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, so I definitely see those fears. Um, so what we do with them is just talk about how can they be known in their space and how can they add value, help somebody either reach a goal or solve a problem. And how can we then articulate that online and in all the content that they can share to become this access point of, of helping someone reach a goal or solve a problem, just putting that out out online and giving people access to who they are, both their team members, what they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, and then also sharing like-minded content from others so they don't have to 
like recreate the wheel, just like you're sharing about other conferences and things that are going on that aligns with who you guys are and what you believe and, you know, other resources and things that are out there. Same thing for manufacturing. They may have, you know, another, another site that they would want to reference and share, you know, maybe stuff on Six Sigma, right? Or, or other lean practices that align with what they believe are things that they're doing at their plant and they can share it out and it gives people another understanding of who they are and, and helps add value. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. huge. And Roger, uh, who's also a trainer that's on with us today says, uh, fear stops action. And I believe it stops engagement, oh, yes. which we're, we're talking about. So just yes. read that. And yes, yes. The war of art. I was yes. going to see if, I yes, literally just read that. Um, and you are so right. Yes. Yeah. And um, what's interesting, actually, I'm going to add it back in, uh, Kate. I used to have the top five fears and I did a survey and a study on this. And it was just fascinating because I study a bunch of neuroscience and human psychology. And so it's it, it just always surprised me. And we deal like you, we deal in legacy industries. So we have mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know, we have banks and, and law firms and accounting firms and practice management firms and, um, you know, advise business advisors. And so, you know, I came from that space. And so in that, you know, it's like, they've done things the same way for so many decades. And that's what I, when you said manufacturing and even nonprofit, I, I started off with some nonprofit clients, everything as well. So it was like, it was like, it was, it's been doing, they've been doing things so long. It's almost like they couldn't break out of that thing that, that this was a new way to talk to people or have a conversation. And that's still, I think the battle that we see today. You're so right. Yeah. Um, there is a lot of that. Uh, well, it's been working for years and just the idea that everybody still knows who we are. And there's just a big shift that's happening where new people are taking on those roles, um, at, you know, in the company. And even though you've had great re repertoire with somebody else and, you know, you've, you've built a relationship, which is great. New the new generations like to do some research and sometimes like to shake the boat a little bit and make a lot of changes. Um, so you just want to make sure if somebody's researching you online, that they're, that they're finding a true representation of who you are. And that um, they say by the year 2020, the biggest reason somebody's going to choose one brand over the, another is based on the experience that somebody has with your company. And that experience though goes beyond, we think of experiences when we're there in the moment but 60% of the sales cycle is over before somebody's even talking to a representative. The experience starts by them searching, what do they have access to on your website? What kind of flow you know, do you have on your website, the accessibility? Is it a frictionless process? Like, can are you reducing the friction online for somebody to be able to get to you, get the information they need, get in contact, find out the answers to their questions, and then be able to stay connected with you long-term and then hopefully you start, you know, keep those, keeping those relationships strong with the audience that you, the, and the clients that you have now. So you do keep the loyalty from here on out because we're doing businesses, you know, doing business with businesses that are further away from us. It used to just be, you know, who we knew in our communities now. I mean, even though we, we have access to everything, but the world, you know, is smaller. We have access literally to anything and everything we need at our fingertips. Yeah, I yeah. think... 
Go ahead, Kate. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I was going to change the subject. So if you have a, Sorry. if you have no. a comment, you can throw it in. I was going to say, just piggybacking off of that, I, I'd really like to talk about the relationship marketing aspect. Cause yes. so you have this now marketing group and you're in this, this little town, um, more or less, and you brought the influencers <laughs> to you and you've become, you know, your influencer in your own right, in your own town. And now, um, you know, with your education platforms and with the internet and with the ability to be able to spread and make your message more known, how are you still cultivating those relationships with your clients, um, even though they might be farther away? Like, what are what are any tools or tricks you have for doing sure. that? It's not like yeah. you can just pop in the car and go visit somebody in Alabama yeah. all the time. So, yeah. what are you well, doing? what's the air, the airport's like? What you said, two miles away, or two no, hours. two hours away? Two hours away. If yeah. only, yeah. if yes. only <laughs> two miles away. Yeah. No. So, great question. A majority of our clients aren't in our hometown. Like we do a lot of training with them, but the retainer and the clients we work with um, on a long-term basis are, are in um, bigger cities. But so, great questions. The first thing is we have access to pretty much everything to get the process started online, and we kind of drink our own Kool-Aid. Like I said, we don't have a sales rep. We are practicing what we preach. But the first thing when I talk to someone over the phone, or they come in through um, a lead magnet on our website. I will then send them a video message back using a tool called BombBomb, B-O-M-B-B-O-M-B.com. So they can see me, you know, get a sense of who I am and I can, you know, they hear my tone. It is a, a more meaningful kind of response back, something a little extra. So the, the key is everybody expects you to do what you say you're going to do, but how can you do that little bit extra so you, it's memorable? So that's one thing that I use. Um, another tool is um, I use Sugar Wish. So I like to surprise and delight. So if I've done an interview with someone or I've um, talked with them about and wrote a proposal, I will send them literally a digital candy store invite so they could be an adult in a candy store digitally and they get to pick out the candies that they want and it's shipped to them. Um, or I will use send out cards, which is oh, yeah. um, a tool that you've used that. Yeah, I love that. Um, personalizing a card, something that's meaningful to them. I stay connected with them, of course, online um, through, you know, creating simple things like Twitter lists to make sure that I'm constantly engaging with them. I use um, a tool called Close, C-L-O-Z-E, um, to make sure that if I have not touched base with somebody in a while, it keeps um, tabs on the relationship and how, like, if I haven't talked to somebody in 30 days or something, it'll, like, ping me because even though... I may have had contact at the beginning. They may be working with another team member, but I still like to stay in touch and contact with all the clients that we work with. So um, I will use that tool to make sure that I'm staying on top of it. Um, we provide trainings every Tuesday, you know, on, on Facebook Live um, and that we'll send out and we customize it to the audience group. So they tell us what their needs and what they want. Then they get messages about specific um, trainings that are going on. And then, of course, we give them free invites to our conference that we do each year if they do want to come to that. Um, and then just good old fashioned picking up the phone and calling them to see how they're doing and email. Um, you do what? You do what? Phone. Wait, what do you do? It's like this buttons that you can push and then like it <laughs> rings and stuff. And 
Okay, like, we'll play this in Friday's real marketing. time. Like it's real time. Uh, I know. No, and it's so good that you say that because sometimes I feel myself feeling like I'm, I'm too busy, you know. And I hate uh -huh. saying that because it's only time. It's only time of the day. But you feel like you're down to the wire and you're running out of time. But and I feel like we need to be reminded sometimes. Like yes, Dean has to remind me all the time. I'm like I can't get hold of this person. He's like pick up the phone. I'm like oh yeah, I could have done that. But it's so hard when you get into your tasks and your to do. Yeah. So sometimes it's just important. It's like relationship marketing, this, this crazy, this crazy mm -hmm. thing, yeah. this crazy new thing. It's not, it's talking, it's communicating. It's picking up literally on my calendar <laughs> is scheduled in, um, to have, you know, to do that. Like, yeah. cause if it doesn't get scheduled, doesn't get done, you know, a lot of times. And, and it's one easy thing to put off. Right. But right. just, yeah, just like even the littlest things, like if you're responding or applying on social saying something that shows that you took time to that to listen or to notice. Like I was telling you guys, I was listening to your episode before, you know, and I wanted to bring up something that you would have known that I listened to that episode, right? Like, mm -hmm. so little things that you can point out that people know that you took notice of, mm -hmm. of what they're doing. Yeah, yeah very cool. cool. Yeah, and um, we'll take a couple questions here in a minute. Uh, and don't forget to, uh, we, it looks like we have some new people engaging too. Look at that. Yay. Um, so, uh, so it's funny. We have a rule that says two email exchanges and pick up the phone. We've had that rule forever. And so sometimes fun. we don't do it and then somebody will jump in and go, pick up the phone. They'll even remind me. It's like, we've, we're at two, pick up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. That's funny. I That's the that. chat bot rule too, you know. Is it? That's oh, are all the rage. Yeah, they say two to three res general responses and then offer a live agent because nothing replaces that and people get frustrated, especially if you're trying to like schedule a meeting or something, right? Yeah. Like how frustrating is it going back and forth? Um, so that is a great rule and that's something yeah. that is even preached now with this new, the new automation tools. Even mm -hmm. that is saying leave yeah. it to two to three responses and then push for a live agent. No, I agree. I'm a marketer and you would think I would love chatbots, but I freaking hate them for that reason, because they just try to go back and forth, back and forth. And yeah, I'll, I'll pick up the phone to talk to customer service, but. Oh, and, and because of all this work overseas that we're doing, uh, that we're doing, I'm doing a lot of WhatsApp and I'm just like, oh my gosh. Okay. And so, and then people will record the message in there and I'm like, oh, this is so complicated. Can't we just speak? Yes. Very um, cool. Hey, we have a question. Um, Shirley wants to know what your favorite social media platform is. Messenger. <laughs> so, um, and we never hear that actually. Yeah. So, um, Facebook Messenger. I, I've said this for year. Every time I'm asked this question, because um, I really do consider it as its own platform, and you can do so much through it. And if you think about it, like majority of us probably have more contacts on Messenger than we do on our phone yeah, book right. and in our email combined a lot of times. Um, and I will use Messenger and follow people there. You don't have to be connected with them as a friend, but you can be connected with them and people feel like it's just like texting. But um, I use that app a lot to schedule in meetings, to reach out. I set reminders to reach out via Messenger, you know, to, to check in on people. But that's definitely the one I spend the most time on, I'd say. Oh, that's interesting. I don't think we've, I think that's the first time we've ever gotten that answer. That's Very awesome. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, Roger asks, how do you take a person uh, from meeting them to an influencer? That's an interesting question. What's your, um, you know, what do you, what do you think, Jessica? I mean, what's your 
Short from answer. meeting meeting them to influencer. Yeah. Um, so they would have to provide value in some right. respect. So um, if you're meeting someone, how are they adding value? So depending on if, if you're asking if you become the influencer to them or vice versa. But um, I would say if, if it's you, if you're asking the question from you, like how do you become an influencer to someone else that you just met? Um, think about that person and how you can provide extreme value without thinking of anything that you're going to get back in return. Just think, how can I add value so much so that somebody would be willing to pay for it, but I'm not asking them to. Um, and, and by doing that, they're going to take notice. You're going to be memorable, if that's a word, memorable. memorable. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, memorable <laughs> to them. And they'd want to uh, share you on and, and you've influenced them in some way to hopefully make a change or an impact in what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah, and I want I, I want to make sure people don't overthink the influencer piece because yeah. we've always been influencers. We're just sort of externalizing it a little more than what mm -hmm. we have. And and this piggybacks on another question that came in from Julie. Um, so when you were talking about doing your video and educating and doing the thing, mm -hmm. a lot of people think that I think that whole fear curtain comes up and people mm -hmm. are like wow, she's way out there and, you know, what did she do? So you want to just give us a simple, like maybe sure. first three steps to take to get to doing a video or, or shooting something out there? Yeah. So um, full transparency, like I had a videographer and I was like, we're going to do this video thing right early on. And um, then I'm like ready to go. I'm all hyped up. I get a little excited about stuff. And then the camera goes on and I'm like, Ugh. I can't talk like and this went on and I was like, dang it, I need to get these videos out. So literally instead of using all of his high tech, awesome equipment and what he has going on, even to this day, I started out just doing screen share videos because that's all I could tolerate of even just hearing myself. I didn't want to see myself on camera and just did quick tips on here's how you build a Facebook page. Here's how you do this. It was built in uh, to my computer at the time. Uh, it still is. Uh, if you have a Mac where you can, you know, use QuickTime and make some quick little screen share videos or something that's helpful. Then I graduated after I got comfortable with that to um, doing some, some live interviews back in the blab days. I don't know if anybody in here remembers blab rest in peace. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and got a little bit more comfortable there with having another person that you can kind of bounce things off of. And then, um, that was all a built in tool as well. And then graduated from that to then doing Facebook lives where it was interview. And then, you know, just getting now more comfortable where I would do videos with a videographer where it's like, it's all on you, right? Um, but it is super scary, but you, the camera works both ways on your phone or, you know, on your computer where it doesn't always have to be facing towards you. It can look at something else. So you just look, think about how can I add value, um, whether that's entertaining, educating, um, you know, whatever, sharing other experts, maybe you're interviewing somebody else that you respect in the space that could still provide value um, and, and putting it out that way. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Um, and I have early, one more question. Oh, yeah, go for it. Um, okay, so this is kind of like a, a wrapping up question. So if there's more sure. after this, let me know. But you kind of saw, jumped in on social media when it was super hot. You jumped in on video marketing, right, when it was super hot. And then relationship marketing, which was like the theme of SMSS this year. That's like the right. talk of the town. So what's next? What do you think the new hot trend in digital marketing, social media marketing is going to be? 
I think it's honestly right now it's relationship marketing still um, and will continue to be people trying to figure out how they can get permission attention. Um, so attention is permission, right? But how can you earn your attention through craveable content? So content that people are going to want more for or more of. Um, so how can you get that through being real and transparent in your brand, which all still goes back to kind of relationship marketing, but it's people really getting creative with the content that they're producing. And then the other two big um, things that I've heard at HubSpot's inbound conference, kind of the largest one that they kind of set the tone for what's to come. There's still big talks on, talks on chatbots, but it's more on not necessarily the chatbot itself. It's more on being able to provide access to anything and everything that you're customer client would want to do with you in person, but potentially being able to do that online and not thinking of um, things as a funnel. They actually declared the funnel dead, but more as a flywheel. So how can yeah. you provide access and value and keep the momentum going of people wanting to refer you on and build out from there by providing a frictionless experience online and offline, um, whatever that looks like for your brand. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. And then uh, we might we have some other questions, but we may take those up uh, with social media. So if that's okay, just sure. yeah, tag you on a few of those. And then um, uh, so we're gonna have uh, a couple of new winners this week. It looks like Kate. That's always good when we get yeah. exciting guests and winners on with us. So um, so let's uh, do this. I'm gonna do a quick. Uh, we always have waiting lists, so uh, it's always good to be uh, have waiting lists. But I want to make sure we get. Um, make sure we hold the courses that people want. So I'm going to launch this um, poll so you can get on the waiting list for upcoming classes. And then uh, Jackson, we have a couple new winners. Who's our new winners this week? Yes. <clears throat> yeah. So we have uh, VJ Liberatory and ah. Doug Sheehan. Oh, welcome. Welcome and uh, congratulations. You guys get a Starbucks gift card. Now, Jessica, we have some pretty interesting rules about our Starbucks gift cards. So with that, um, what happens is when you get the Starbucks gift card, you're to take someone to coffee and share with them that you, something that you learned from Jessica today and then make sure you teach somebody else what you've learned. So I'd like everyone to type in what's the one thing that you learned today that you're going to take away. Shirley said everyone's a winner with Social Jack. I like that. <laughs> there you go. Oh, and don't awesome. forget, we got Coy McDermott on next week. Millennial leadership. Oh, my gosh. That's a whole science in itself. So I can't wait yeah. to uh, to hear more about that. Um, so let's see. People are going to take away relationship marketing. Type that in. Work with Facebook Messenger. Add it back to my phone. <laughs> uh, embrace Messenger. Flywheel relationship. I love that. Yeah, that was that's awesome. Um, yeah. So so it's good. So uh, Jessica, what did you get out of this session today with us? A lot of good vibes. Like I love hanging out <laughs> with you guys. Um, I would say just. I love that there's tools like this out here, and I think it's good to remember for all of us that are, are working with clients that we not only want to provide services for them, but we want them to be able to feel empowered to step in and, and be a part of the process too. So knowing that there's tools like this out here is, is a good reminder to then have other resources to refer people to. Yeah, absolutely. And super quick. So I'm sure there's people that you tune into regularly and, you know, maybe marketing resources. We always love to hear those. So who do you have that, you know, you just 
listen to and learn from? Oh my gosh, I love so many. Um, my favorites are probably Simon Sinek and Seth Godin. Um, those are probably my two favorite um, marketers and marketing minds, I would say. Um, but I turn tune into um, the Social Media Social Hour by yeah. um, Tyler Anderson. I really love his stuff. And then, of course, I love what Social Media Examiner is doing. Um, and I'm very much into HubSpot's uh, training. And then, honestly, Facebook Blueprint um, is fantastic. They always have uh, new trainings offered there and certifications there that are great. Yeah, super duper cool. So, um, so if people want to connect to you, what's the best channel to connect you on? Sure. Um, Twitter, I'm very um, active in, in there. You can go right to at Jessica Phillips uh, with a K, Jessica with a K, um, or uh, any of them really. <laughs> but, uh, messenger, 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 <laughs> any of them. Um, my name, Jessica Phillips on all of them, except for Instagram, it's relationship marketing, Jessica. There you go. And we have it up mm -hmm. on the screen here for folks that are watching. And Jackson will send up a great follow up so that you can uh, you can have all those links and the links uh, to uh, Jessica's website. So we're getting a lot of applause and kudos and everybody's thanking oh, thank you, you for being on the program as we are, Jessica. So thank you so much for being part of the Social Jack family. We're definitely going to have mm -hmm. you back because we just don't uh, one hour just doesn't do it. You know, we just need more, more. We need more Jessica. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so with thank that being said, I just want to thank you again for being part of the program, and I want to thank all of you that listen out there. And remember, uh, you can get uh, the program on Google Play, uh, what is it, Stitcher, Spreaker, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, iTunes. Take it away, Jackson. SoundCloud and YouTube were the only two that he missed. Okay, well, thanks for the save there. So anyway. Uh, consume the content however you need to consume it. Make sure you're learning and make sure you're sharing with others. So with that being said, we uh, look forward to seeing you develop your influence out there. And uh, we'll see you on the next program. Take care, everybody. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. <laughs>